I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, a podcast about trees and other related topics. I am one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson, and over there we got sleepy Casey Clapp. Well, how's it going, Jack? <laughs> Hi, Casey. Hi, Alex. I appreciate uh, I appreciate you calling me sleepy because I was yawning yes. just then. Yes. And that's why I picked up this cup of coffee in this uh, meh, meh. Mary Reno. Yes, it says Mary Reno. Why does it say it? Mary Reno? This cup with a tree on it, uh, and uh, it's very southwestern color. Yes, well, I, I believe I got that at a Goodwill, and I think my theory is that that is a souvenir cup. You know, when you go to souvenir shops, they oh, have different names on I things. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. someone named Mary visited mm, Reno. I see. Okay. And bought the littlest littlest biggest mug of her life <laughs> what is that good one the biggest <laughs> little mug of the her biggest life. little mug of her life well casey oh. today we're not going to reno no we're, we're not. going a little further south that's right we are going to brazil uh-huh brazil. or was beautiful i didn't know you're such a crooner oh or what? Uh, it could also be uh, Bolivia. Well, a couple other places. All right. You know, it's it doesn't have to be Brazil. Well, I, I say Brazil specifically because the name of our tree today oh. is the Brazil nut. Yes, it not is. Not Bolivia nut. Uh-huh. That's true. It's not, yeah. Well, that's right, Case. Today we're talking Brazil nut. That's true, Alex. Uh, and this is actually in conjunction. Is this our first time doing this? What? Yeah, it is. Oh, I yeah, I, think, I believe so. Yeah, we were on a podcast mm-hmm. recently. You guys might have heard it. It's called Wild Green Streams by Wild Green Memes for Ecological Fiends. Wow. Yeah, well done, Casey. Thank you, Casey. I think it was good, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they are. Uh, that, some lovely folks reached out and said, hey, we think you guys are hilarious. And we're like, we think you're <laughs> hilarious. Uh, let's do something together. And then we, uh, we yeah, they, uh, they gave us a little, uh, little interview the other day. That's right. On the West Coast is where we are. They were on the East Coast. And they interviewed us. Or we, uh, we all sat down and chatted for like an hour at 5 o'clock our time, 8 o'clock their time. Yeah. We got done when it was nine o'clock their time, and then they packed and drove to do a 50 mile bike ride the yeah. next day. At least uh, one of them, Rhett of the two. Mm-hmm. Mind blowing. But uh, yeah. good for them. It was a great chat, Case. It really Rhett was. and Danielle from that podcast. Um, and we talked about 
a, a little bit we talked about the Brazil nut. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty much the last half of uh, not the last half, but a significant portion at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we we chatted because they're involved with uh, a great organization down there. And so they started telling us a little bit about their work and the Brazil nut. And I, I distinctly said in this episode, Alex, move this tree up in our list of trees to That's cover. That's right, yeah. Uh, and then it just so happened they were like, uh, they're running a, a really cool um, fundraising event and they just put it out. So we said, hey, let's just do it right now. That's right. Yeah, this is our one of our most timely episodes ever. Exactly. Just great. You know, it's, it's, when, it's, when things just come together, it's when a plan comes together, Alex. I love me some synergy, mm, Casey. Beautiful. Or should I say, synergy. Uh, wow. Hey, you know what? Before we get to this week's tree, mm-hmm. we got to take a break. And before we do that, we got to say, hey. If you want to support this podcast, if you love this podcast, if you want to hear more of this podcast. That's right. If you want to hear stuff that is exclusive and the public doesn't get to hear, yeah. if you want monthly cone stickers, plebeians. <laughs> if you want to feel like you're a member of the Senate, you know, like the old, <laughs> the old Senate. You know, all you got to do is is just join Tremium to become a patrician class. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thank you, Casey. <laughs> Thank you for localizing it. You're welcome. Uh, that's right. Join completely arbitrary Tremium at arbitrarypod.supercast.com. That's A-R-B-O-R-T-R-A-R-Y-Pod.supercast.com. We got a couple different plans there. You can gift subscriptions. You can pay for a year. And you get so much cool stuff and you support the show. Uh, all of our supporters mean so much to us and really keep the lights on. Hey, I mean that literally. Yes. Crazy. Yeah. That's right. That's arbitrarypod.supercast.com to support the show, become a premium member. And we will be right back with the Brazil nut after this. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today, we are talking the Brazil nut scientific name, Casey. Oh, I'm glad you asked, Alex. It is Bertholitia excelsia. Wow. Yeah, isn't that great? Bert, hold on. Yeah. Bertholitia? That's right. Excelsia? That is correct. Wow, what a great name. Now, Casey, what does the Excelsia mean? Um, it essentially means like royal or, or, or okay. like really big and like uh, fancy. You sure, know? sure. It's okay. like, ah, this is excellence. Ex- at oh, its best. sure. Yeah. Okay, all right. So, of course, the European ash is Fraxinus Excelsior. I gotcha. Interesting. Casey, let's imagine, as we do every episode, that you and I are walking through a big Brazilian. I'll say rainforest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an Amazonian rainforest. Mm-hmm. I yeah. am being eaten to death by insects. <laughs> you are in your natural habitat. You've, we've, I've got my, I've got my, uh, my onesie of net. You know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I do. I now know. <laughs> and we come across uh, some Brazil nut <laughs> trees. Let's ID this tree. Uh, so this is a big, big tree. Wow. This is a the rainforest tree that I think probably gets not this one, but it's the kind that gets the most. Press mm. because it's what's called an emergent tree. Wow! Now I think we've talked about this a few times, but emergent trees in uh, in any real forest ecosystem, but specifically, it's a reference to tropical forests where you have a canopy sure. that's a certain like kind of uniform height, and then there's one tree that's like head and shoulders above all the rest. Not even just like. Uh, not even just like competes really well and is a little taller, yeah. but it like shoots out of it like a, 
like a rocket. Yeah, and you're like, oh my god, that is like, uh, it's starkly different. And what is that called now? It's an emergent tree. Emergent tree. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So, so an emergent canopy tree. So it would. It is a forest tree. It would be growing uh-huh. deep in the forest. Yes. But it just decides to grow like 20 feet taller. And exactly. Else. Okay. Yeah, it gets up to like 160 feet tall. Damn. 50 meters. And it has a straight stem. Like it just goes... Whoosh, Straight up. Very conifer-like. Yeah, very conifer-like. One single stem. And then, uh, as it was described, actually, by Rhett and Danielle, it looks like a just a huge plop of hair on top of a very straight central stem. Yeah. I believe they described it as uh, Einstein's hair, just going boing sure. out in every direction. My That's my goal. Yeah, you're going to look great when you get there. I, I will end up looking like Larry David at some point <laughs> in my life. Just a ring of curly white hair, uh, and I cannot wait. The one last thing that I should note about the, the stem, Alex, is that it has no buttressed roots like it doesn't create those big giant buttressing sides like some trees just goes straight into the ground exactly now cool. i'm sure at the bottom it goes a little bit like whoop, and kind of kind of angles out yeah but it's not like uh the the trees that we've covered before that have these massive big tropical things that come down like the classic uh the classic things you see orangutans and and chimps like hitting on to like you know uh make noise and scare the things around interesting I, I would think that for such a tall tree a buttress base would be a boon you think so but who knows say that five times fast I think for buttress tree <laughs> yeah I'm not gonna do it I'm not gonna do it um okay interesting yeah, yeah just a one big tall stem one big tall stem covered in nice gray bark with deep fissures in it that kind of uh go very longitudinally north yeah. and south right you the know? bark is just okay it's not great it doesn't like really jump out at you right it's a little utility looking it's a little, it's a little utility so let's just get past it. Let's wow. talk about the things that are more interesting, the leaves. Yeah. Now, we're going to go up in interest level one by one by one. Okay, Casey, this is a crescendo uh, of interesting yes. parts. I was thinking the same thing, but I was all, I was thinking the, uh, um, ooh, what is that old, uh, do, do, oh, do, whatever. The Spake Zarathustra. Wow. From 2001, A Space Odyssey. Yeah, good work. Okay, yeah. <laughs> So it's like that. Uh, it, that's what I was imagining. So bark, eh, it's pretty flat. Yeah, mm. sure. The leaves, they're uh-huh. simple. They're alternate. They're oblong, 14 inches long. <laughs> Great. Like, they don't really jump out of me. Like, honestly, these leaves are like, they're pretty big. They're good size. They're curious looking. They get, uh, they're like leathery. They have smooth margins. So, but they're just kind of like normally the leaves. Like, they're not split in any funny way. Yeah. They're, not, they're not doing anything. They're just very, they're very like normal run-of-the-mill minivan leaves. Can I go so far as to suggest that these are utility leaves? You can. Utility tropical leaves. Which exactly. Which are a little more interesting than utility, you know, temperate leaves, yeah. I would say. And so that gets us like, boom. That's the third. Exactly. And up on the fifth Uh is... The flowers. Yeah. Now, the flowers are probably... I I have to say, I might think the flowers are a little more interesting than the fruit, but I think that would be disingenuous because the fruit is also quite curious. So the flowers are born in these little, like, long uh, spikes. And so a spike you'll recall is basically an unbranched stem that has little flowers on it left and right, all kind of spiraling up most of the time. Um, but they are not like panicles or, uh, racemes where they have like branches that come out. So they're not these big, huge things. They're very simple. Comparatively speaking, Mm. every now and then they will have one little 
spike coming out from the axle of the leaf. And the axle of the leaf is essentially the armpit between the leaf and the actual stem that the leaf is attached sure. to. So that is where you get one coming out. More often, though, they come out terminally at the end of a twig, and they have maybe three little spikes that pop out, one up and then two kind of on the sides. Mm. Then they put out these adorable little flowers. They're kind of yellowish, a little bit whitish, sometimes have a little bit of a pink tinge to them, mm. but they are uniquely like kind of bulbous looking like they look uh there's a there's a mushroom called a ground flower i believe is what it is Hmm. something like that and it looks like a big kind of central puff and then it has these uh, maybe ground star excuse me is what it is called and it's a it has like this central kind of circle and then on the outside it looks like these petals kind of open up yeah you see what i'm talking about yeah yeah, yeah. okay that's kind of what the flowers look like okay but the petals are rounded and it is a uh, it has symmetry that is similar to a pea flower or something where it's kind of vertical symmetry where if you cut it down the middle vertically the left side and the right side are symmetrical if you do it horizontally the top and the bottom are not okay. symmetrical but it has this big piece of a petal an appendage that comes up and curves over just one it's just this one big thing that pops out and if you look up uh, in, uh, go to, so if you want to see what this looks like, dear listener, go to our website, go to our second, um, our second little link there that says the Brazil nut tree information sheet. And it's got this really cool uh, information sheet by the New York Botanical Gardens. And the photos in it show exactly what I'm talking mm. about. So the, the, the flowers open up between 4.30 and 5 a.m. in the morning. And they only do it during certain times of the year. They start doing it during the dry season and into the wet season. And this is kind of interesting because it takes, like the tree does the flowering, and then as it goes from the rainy season to the dry season, it starts to lose its leaves. And then it puts on a new flush of leaves a little bit later, but it doesn't, uh, it kind of has this the same seasonality that you'd have, but it isn't quite like it drops all of its leaves and then has no leaves all the time. It kind of just does this very uh, slow cycle over hmm. the course of a, of, a, of a whole year. Interesting. Now, the thing about this is that as these flowers are opening, right before they're like officially open, the 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 anters, the pollen producing little bits, they start to like push out that pollen. It starts to happen. So you get this kind of like pollen inside of this weird cup in this appendage. What the fuck? It is specifically designed so that only certain insects or animals, broadly speaking, can get in and actually pull and squeeze their bodies into this kind of cupped chamber, wow. which is the inside of the flower where the pollen is basically just like starting to come out and just really starting to, to kind of fall into this area. And it's like kind of collecting in there? I believe so, okay. yeah. So as it is starting to happen, bees, bumblebees specifically, mm. like big, strong, large insects, yeah. are only the things that are tough enough and strong enough to actually pull back or force their bodies into this like this or at least force it beyond this fun little like 
appendage on the flower. How strange. Yeah. They get in there, they pollinate it, they get some nectar, and they get covered in, in all their uh, all their pollen, mm-hmm. then they fly over, and then they have to do it to another one. So certain insects can't get in there. So the pollinators, the pollination is very specific. It's not something like a fig where there is one species that's able to do it and it's very specialized. Mm-hmm. This is more like a few larger uh, bumblebee species are able to get in there, but none others. No other smaller, no. less strong insects. Why wouldn't a tree? And I'm going to use I'm going to use humanizing language here. Uh-huh. Why wouldn't a tree want to be more generalized in terms of the po- things that can use it for pollination? You know, that's a very good question. I don't officially know. Like why the bar of entry? Yeah, right. I would be willing to bet that it is specialized because these bees are like big and strong and can fly certain distances. Mm. And we know uh, that these same insects like have other parts of their life cycle that have to do with other parts of the forest. And this is something that's unique about the Brazil nut tree is that it does not grow in big groves. Like you'd see a tree here and then like a couple feet away or maybe like on the other side of a, you know, a little walkway, there's mm-hmm. another big tree. They grow like a third of a mile apart. Wow. Sometimes you can find them closer, but generally speaking, trees, not only the Brazil nut tree, but lots of different tropical trees in this area grow upwards of like a quarter mile away. Interesting. So, okay, so you want yeah. a big, you want a big, strong insect. Yeah, it's not like it's not like wind dispersal where it just needs to onto the tree next to it. Yeah, precisely. It needs to get. It needs to get it there. It's got to get it there. It's like yeah. giving the ring to the eagles. Just yeah. get it there. <laughs> just go to the next tree, <laughs> eagles. <laughs> Um, well, Casey, let's move on from the flowers. Let's as move interesting on to the flowers. as they are, that's not why we're here today. Not quite. We're here for the fruit. Uh huh. And what we call the Brazil nut. Right. Let's talk about it. Well, I notice in your inflection that you already are already aware it's not actually a nut. It's a seed. It is a seed. But culinarily, we would call it a nut. Exactly. The which way is we its, call it its a primary nut. use. Right, exactly. Is to yeah. be eaten. Exactly. Those are, for those of you who are like, a Brazil nut, I've never had one. I bet you you have. If yeah. you go to uh, your local market uh-huh. and you get yourself a, uh, you go to the bulk section, yeah. you open up that little thing that's really fun to pull and then you realize you got way too much and you have to shut it really fast and you're like, oh my God. Uh, this is mixed nuts. You're getting mixed nuts. Yeah. This is those big, giant, juicy ones that are like yep. so oily where you're like, what the <laughs> hell is this? Where only only your fathers or grandfathers like to eat them. <laughs> yeah, It's their exactly. favorite one. But yes, the Brazil nut are these big, you know, Hey Arnold head shape. Yeah, they're chonkers, aren't Nuts. they? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, gosh, a Brazil nut maybe an inch long. Yeah, 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 yeah. Half easily. an inch thick. And you bite into it and it basically leaks down your chin with oil. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, people are going to be into it after this. It's not my favorite eating experience of a nut. It's not great. <laughs> it's not, but it's got a lot of good oil. It's something like uh, 80% fat and protein. Yeah. Like, it's a very, very good, healthy nut. I, I said this to Rhett and Danielle from Wild Green Streams that it, when you eat a Brazil nut, you f- you can tell right away that it's like a superfood. Yeah, right. In the way that like when you eat an avocado, you're like, oh, this is, I, I guess it's the fats. You know, yeah. you're like, wow, yeah. this is fatty. Um, Brazil nuts. A fatty. You can tell they're healthy. They are. And, but they do have apparently a lot of selenium in there. 
as well, which is a thing that we need. Like it's a thing that you want to eat. Great. You got some, mm-hmm. but if you have too much of it, uh, or another, uh, I think it's barium, uh, it actually will cause fingernail and hair loss. Wow. It's essentially like poison yourself or like stop the creation of, I think it's keratin that you'd have. I think that's it. I think that's what your fingernails and things are made of. That's a good lesson. It's like, uh, you know, it might be healthy, but if you have too much of a good thing, exactly. you'll lose your hair. You'll lose your hair. So Casey, let's talk about the fruit, the the body in, in which holds, the yes. vessel which holds these nuts. It is a capsule, Alex. Ah, a capsule. Yes, it's a capsule that is a, a hard woody capsule that's filled with uh, anywhere between, I think, about 10 to 24 or 25 individual seeds. Oh. Now, there's one flower. That one flower has 10 to 25 ovules in one ovary. So remember that the fruit is a mature ovary. Okay. So that mature ovary uh, is this big baseball size, upwards of like six inches. Like it can get up to like the size of a, of a softball. softball. Yeah, yeah. We're going up a level. Those are huge, huge things. And they're heavy. Yeah, like, they... They can hit you in the head and knock you out. These are widow makers for sure. They really are. Um, so maybe, maybe, maybe uh, ex boy, ex girlfriend makers. Yeah, you know, they're yeah. not quite. It's because you develop a, a, a baseball size knot on your head when it hits. They'll give you a goose egg, but they're not. They're probably not going to kill you. <laughs> no, no, I don't a, think so. Yeah, they're, they're just culture pine cone would. Exactly, they're not spiky. No, yeah, they're, they're very, they're very hard. What I they look, they look just like a little coconut. They do, yeah. In fact, um, they call them cocos, I believe. Oh, there you mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Got a nice little husky, husky brown exterior. Yeah, and they got a little tiny hole at the very bottom. Yeah, what's that hole about? I believe that hole. Uh, develops because that's where it is connected to the uh, the like actual bit of the of the plant. So that would be essentially the receptacle. Okay, so when that falls off, it leaves a little hole. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So it falls down to the ground, and then this is where it gets fun. Uh, these gigantic seeds inside this really hard husk have individually hard exterior bits around the seed. So the seed coat is very, very hard as well. Okay. So it takes a very specific kind of animal to gnaw through that hard husk. It's an agouti is what it's called. Oh my gosh. They're basically like giant long-legged guinea pigs. Oh. They're, I believe, the biggest rodent. I think so. I think that's the case. And these agoutis go down and... (laughs) scratch using their big giant incisors into the thing into that baseball they pull out the 10 to 25 seeds and they eat some i will say an agouti is not quite as adorable as i thought it was going to be you mean you don't think it's a cutie this this agouti ain't no cutie (laughs) i would say it's more of a giant rat wow that's so mean (laughs) some people love rats fine i get it okay cool the rat queen. The rat queen. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they get in. They get in there. Uh, they do. They're sort of. Um, yeah, they look like pods. Like uh, uh-huh, I'm trying uh-huh. to think of what they look like. Mm. They're they're very interestingly also organized. Yeah, they look like uh, wedges of oranges. Totally. Yeah. But, but it's like yeah. you have a, a middle wedge with a smaller wedge on top and a smaller wedge on bottom. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like wedges. Inside wedges. Within wedges. Exactly. It's one of those how many triangles do you see things. <laughs> it totally is, yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, these agoutis, though, and other rodents, they will eat it. 
but then they will take others and they will hide them in little middens and they'll be like, oh, I'm going to save you for later. Wow. And little what? Middens, M-I-D-D-E-N-S. What is that? Uh, it's like a, where a mouse would hide its stuff. It's like a little cache of seeds and things called a midden. I like the idea of a mouse using a mitten as a midden. Oh, Keeps that is all of its little Brazil nuts in there. Mm-hmm. 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 Let's just t- let's just imagine that for a moment. <sighs> <laughs> Get this a, a goody out of my head. Wow. Okay. Fine. Let's give the let's let's just say it's a it's a mouse that's doing it this whole time. Well, Casey, yeah, that's the nut. I mean, that's the seed, rather. That's the nut. Yeah, thank you, Alex. You know that's what? the nut of the seed. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna I'm gonna get on on an apple box real oh, fast. Oh God. I don't have any problem with people misusing the word nut as a botanical thing. Okay. It's perfectly fine because it's not like out of nowhere. It's, it's from a different, I, you know, genre of classification called yeah. culinary, you know, uh, cul- cul- culinetics. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we call that a nut. Mm-hmm. It's not like crazy to call this a nut. I think that's fair. It's completely reasonable. I don't disagree. And I don't want to be the guy who goes, actually, that's a seed. But those guys are so much fun. Well, that's only because you are one. Oh, you think that. Fine. Okay. <laughs> I look in the mirror and I'm like, you're a fun guy. You're a fun guy, Casey. <laughs> but anyhow, that's my, I'm, I'm stepping off the apple box. That's our Brazil nut tree, a fine specimen. It's a fine specimen of a tree. They're, I really want to see some like in their natural habitat because yeah. Alex, did you know? In fact, I, you do know because we talked about this. Yes. They are one of the few species that are commercially wildly important across the the world they are exported these brazil nuts Mm -hmm. all over the world oh my god alex i need to tell you something oh my god uh rhett danielle this is directly to you holy shit our podcast your podcast regrets my error can i say that oh casey made a bit of a gaffe i did go ahead i said at the end of our episode. Put this sign wild around your neck that says green, liar. Yeah, wild green streams. That's on me. I said that Brazil, the country, is mm-hmm. named after the Brazil nut. Right. It's actually named after Brazil wood. Yes. And I, I'm sorry. Well, what what tree does Brazil wood come from? Uh, the Brazil wood tree. The Brazil wood tree. Exactly, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's a completely different species of tree that creates this really intense, beautiful kind of wood. And they initially saw that in Brazil and said, well, that great, this kind of tree grows in this space. And then that's where the name came from. This is Brazil now. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, it's not the nuts, the wood. Named by the Portuguese. Yeah, uh, the Portuguese were the uh, the initial colonizers who went down there. Yeah. And still to this day, the language of Brazil is Portuguese. That's right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, now back on track. So this is a tree. Exported all over the world, uh, rather it's, it's seeds, nuts are, mm-hmm. and as a species, it does not grow well in plantations. Oh. So. Oh, wow. You remember uh, when we talked about almonds, right? Do you remember how we grow almonds? Here in the United States, certainly. In giant uh, matrix style. <laughs> 
as far yeah. as the eye can see. Yeah, with the farms. Uh, probe droids coming over and uh-huh. sucking off all of the <laughs> all the different fruit from the thing. Yeah, so that's an almond plantation. Yeah, it's like a it's like an orchard, I guess. Exactly, it's a gigantic, gigantic orchard it's like plantation. F- factory farming for for uh, yeah for trees precisely. Um, and the Brazil nut is an interesting case because it doesn't grow well in plantations. Does it not. needs to be a quarter mile away from its neighbor. Exactly. But it is such a sought after commodity mm-hmm. for some reason. Um, it's kind of an oxymoron. It's kind of, it's kind of the tree is doing it on its own terms, you know, exactly, which I like yeah. that. And because that of that, like the, the tree basically saying, no, I'm not going to grow. Like this is not going to happen. Yeah. You have to grow them apart. And remember when we were talking about that bee, the bees rather, because it's multiple different species that do this, that can uh-huh. actually get into the flower. They also require other things in the forest for other parts of their life cycles. Hmm. So you cannot have one tree growing next to a thousand other trees that have no other forest around them. Sure. Just doesn't grow that way. It doesn't grow. It's not pollinated. Hell no, we w- we won't grow. Says the Brazil nut. Says tree. the Brazil nut. Yep. What a protest song. I love it. So th- all these things combine, Alex, so that the tree itself must be grown and the nuts harvested yeah. from wild, intact forests with groves of trees that are essentially natural large tropical native forest tracks. I love it. Um, I want to say that I love this system because we've Uh, talked about the difference between like, you know, a plantation is not a forest. Yes. Yeah. Like a forest involved isn't just trees. There's Mm -hmm. like a million things happening and the way they all interact and live together and support each other's life cycles is what makes it a forest. Yeah, precisely. So the fact that we have to, that we have to kind of play on the tree's terms and let it live in a forest, which is so much more than a plantation, I think is really nice. Yes. And I, I just could not agree more. And this is an instance where the indigenous peoples, most of the time who live in these forest systems are managing these trees so that they would go out and they'd collect a certain amount, almost all. And these trees can produce like up to 216 individual pods, each within like 10 to 25 individual seeds inside. Yeah. So one individual tree can produce a lot. They go out, they collect all these things and then they mash the things up and they pull out all the seeds and then they can send those out. They also eat them. It's a, it's a very important part of their diet. Sure. But there's two things that came to my mind when we were talking about this mm. with Rhett and Danielle. Interesting. The first we talked about on their show a little bit, which is the fact that these trees are, uh, well, actually, no, now to think about it, both of these things came up. But one I had to research in one of my favorite books, you know about this book, it's called The Tree by Colin Tudge. Oh, that's right. Uh, the other thing is in a book that we both bought right after we talked about this called 1491. Yeah. By Man, I believe is the author's last name. So this is uh, essentially this this new age uh I say new age idea. Really, it's just everyone being like, shut the hell up, Europeans. About the fact that these trees grow so far away from each other that people had to come up with reasons as to why. Like, Hmm. why are we seeing that certain trees are growing 
up to and no less than a third or a quarter of a mile away from other individuals. Yeah. So there's a bunch of different reasons scientifically that like this would develop naturally. Hmm. And that was one thing that I was like, hold on, I have to remember this. And I went back to the tree by Colin Tudge because I remember reading about this. And it's essentially why and how, what is the mechanism to create such diversity in tropical forest ecosystems? And he does this fantastic like comparative like whole chapter of like 20 or 30 pages about exactly what is going on and compares tropical forests to uh temperate forests okay take all the species of trees native to the united states and canada and compare that to the number of species in a place like india united states and canada land mass wise gigantic mm-hmm. compared to India, yet India has something like double or triple the number of tree species. Wow. Then go down to the tropics in Amazonia and you'll find that there are another doubling of species in a much smaller space. As compared to India? Exactly. Oh my God. So when you compare, say, the tropical Amazonian rainforest to something like uh, Oregon, Mm -hmm. it just blows us out of the water in terms of diversity. And I mean, it's not even close. Yeah. So everyone's like, why is this? And there's a lot of different theories, but one of the ones that is most prevalent has to do with diseases, specifically parasites. Hmm. In the tropics, if you have a disease, then if you make a baby that's right next to you, then it's likely that that baby Uh is going to get that disease because you're so close. Sure. So the further afield that you are, the less likely you are going to get the disease from your same species because you're just too far away. It doesn't travel that quickly, that far. Wow. Is is this implying that in the tropics there are just more parasitic species than in a temperate forest? Um. Kind of. What it really is implying in like the, the really intense crux is that there's more biological pressure that is coming to species in the Amazon. So that means there's more insects, there's more going on, there's more mm. conditions conducive for fungus and bacteria and viruses and all that stuff. Welcome to the jungle. You're exactly. going to die, as You're gonna the song die. says. Yeah, man, that song, you just never knew how real it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're going to die. <laughs> That's such a good example. Thank you, Alex. Um, but then if you come up to the Pacific Northwest, here in Oregon, let's say, the conditions are are a little bit more extreme. So the plants actually have less to compete with biologically and more about their environment. So the Mm. trees up here, uh, we have Douglas firs growing natively in forests, or rather we have forests filled with maybe five or 10 different species. Yeah. Natively, not plantations. This is just how they grow. And those species are more intensely contending with the environment. It's very cold, it's windy, and sometimes it gets really hot. Ah, as opposed to contending with other species. Exactly. Of everything. Precisely. And when it gets colder, you get less diversity, which is really strange, and he goes into this a little bit, and the factors are way too big for a podcast like ours to Mm. remotely touch on. But essentially, it boils down to if you have more warm temperatures and you have more complex interactions because you have more things that are growing in these warmer temperatures, you end up like supercharging how diversity like 
diversifies, where literally diversity begets diversity. Interesting. This is why it's so hard to live in LA. It's not, it's not the weather, it's the people. <laughs> it's just, it's uh, it, like, there's just too much competition. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're, yeah. I think it's fair. It's they don't, fair. and they don't have to worry about, uh, they don't have to worry about, you know, uh, do I need to bundle up tonight? Yeah. So okay. they just, they just go out there and they, they're on the grind. <laughs> Yeah, that's a. I I like that. Like, there's just there's, it, down there. There's too much biological competition. Yeah. Whereas uh, the further north you go, everyone's like, "No, I I'm not going to be here. It's too cold, <laughs> yeah. too rainy. Everybody's inside." Yeah. Well, so that is like the the thing with these trees. Uh, wow. Is that there is essentially parasites that are causing them to stay as far apart as they can. But that means, Alex, that they need this pollinator to go from tree A a third of a mile to tree B Wicked. in order to pollinate it. Very cool. Yeah. So there's number one. Oh, wow. Number two is that European thing I was telling you about. Uh-huh. Europeans went to the tropics and they reported back to their European counterparts in Europe it's a jungle out here. <laughs> You're going to die. You're going to die. <laughs> untouched on there's no humans it's just this wild big thick Mm. jungle and we are learning i mean i say learning but really we're accepting maybe acknowledging maybe finally saying yeah duh that it was not the case just like in north america when they said there's just land out here for the taking there's people everywhere it's like there are people that live there they just live maybe differently than what you'd expect or what europeans did sure so turns out in the amazon there were many people living all over the place but they were inside of what from the outside looked like this gigantic jungle where no one ever was not to mention a lot of those people probably got diseases so they disappeared Mm. and then nothing happened very quickly back then except for the diseases so somebody got a disease, spread it to this entire culture that did not have any immunity for it. Those people died. That happened on the Pacific coast here. It happened everywhere in North America and South America. Then if you're in the, the Amazonian tropical jungle in no time is the forest going to take over Mm. that area. So then you go around and you're like, wow, no one's been here for millions of years. And really it's like, no, it's just been like 20 years and the jungle grew in, covered up what you would think about as a, uh, as a thing. But also if you're not, if you don't want to see it, you're not going to see it kind of thing. But now what we're doing is we're realizing with LIDAR, instead of cutting down all the forest, they use this very specific kind of uh, camera technology, which essentially uses radar to look on the ground and see what the ground looks like. Wow. Between, uh, or rather, it just gets rid of all of the kind of overstory vegetation. Oh, wow. So we can see that there are very like straight line canals and there's buildings and mounds and things that are like, well, someone did that. That's not how ground just develops in a perfect, like U shaped, uh, central plaza with radiating things coming out. Makes you think, well, that looks an awful lot like a city, doesn't Mm. it? No one's lived there as far as we know, Europeans for however long, hundreds of years at the minimum. So now they're putting together that things like the Brazil nut tree would have been growing there not because it needs to be 100% that far away. 
but that's where someone lived and they said, man, this Brazil nut tree is really good. Planted it, cultivated it, and then planted another one a little bit further away at the next small village type. Ah. And then over there on that small village type and then over there on that okay. one. Okay. So so it's it's uh let's take a breather here. Let's take a breather. The <laughs> Very exciting. This is simply for my sake. <laughs> the uh, the way that the Brazil tree, the way that the Brazil nut tree grows, yeah. being a quarter mile away from the next Brazil nut tree, yep, is a combination of these two things. Very likely. Okay. Yes. Of it being susceptible to, or just in the in the in the jungle, baby, mm-hmm. being susceptible to parasitic species from its parent. Yes. So you want to make it over there. Exactly. So naturally. The, the trees that survive will be greater distances away from the trees that would grow in between. So it's yeah. not like they wouldn't grow. They just don't make it. They get naturally selected out. But also pre-colonial cultivation. Yes, definitely had something to do okay. with it. So these two things put together help explain, with a, a bunch of other things, nothing is a monolith. There's, in a, especially in a forest ecosystem like this, add indigenous people into the mix, which you can never just completely discount. And Mm. that's what we're realizing now. Okay. The complications just skyrocket. You know, you can have all these natural things happening and decide, oh, well, this this parasite, this thing over here, okay, ah, this natural system. And then you throw in humans doing cultivated things. Now you're like, well, we can't make any assumptions because Mm. there's people that have been managing it this entire time. I am glad that we are living in a time, you and I, that like... As, even as long as you and I have been alive, that these things are starting to be like critically looked at, yeah. you know, like the way we that the way that uh, Europeans like documented who was here before mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. were, you know, yeah, and like starting to kind of unpack it and be like, all right, what was really happening? Yeah, um, because when you and I were kids, I feel like this work was being not done so much. It, and, and if it was, it was just kind of ignored. So the same, uh, right. the same thing that I, I told everyone to go to by the New York Botanical Gardens, it was put out, I believe, in the early 90s, oh. something like that. Okay. And when you go down and kind of read about the ecology and the distribution of it, mm. it, it is... A, <laughs> It says, uh, like, here's, you know, a couple things about where it grows, and then has one line that says, some people think that the native populations had something to do with this. Period. Moving on. Oh, God. So it's like the work was being done, and there was some, uh, you know, researchers who were like, you know, I... I, I'm pretty sure like either they talked to them or they saw the evidence and probably both and said, you know, this actually has a lot to do with the people who are mm. here. And everyone's like, well, we can't really scientifically show that. Yeah. So like it really also shows the the limitations of science because mm. science in the, the way that we do it now is all based on logic where you have to say for 100%, this is is because of this and here are like all the limitations so everything's very narrow and you have to be able to account for everything in order to show not a correlation but a causation right sure so with science when you add in a variable like humans we can't say for a specific reason that a human moves something here because that's what a human always does we can say a river flows downhill, so we always know that things are going to flow downhill mm. in a river system or something like that. Like it's there's a logic to that, but when you throw in humans, 
they're making their own decisions and we don't know why. So you can't give a basis to say, well, because humans are in the system and we know humans do this. Right. It's like, well, no, they don't. They do all sorts of crazy random shit. We're creative. Yeah. Like a you, river is not so much. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a very good point, Alex, is the creativity yeah. and also just the whatever they happen to do to live and survive. Yeah. So we can't, as soon as you throw that in there, it makes your science like completely useless because you can't say for certain X led, led to B led to D. Totally. Because then you throw in this other variable that you cannot account for. So I think that's what, what had to do with it. And of course shall we remind ourselves that science as we practice it today is very much a European Mm. kind of centric idea. Sure. And it works really well in a lot of different situations, but in certain situations you, you just can't apply the scientific method to certain things because it's just too complicated. But the way science is built, it's like, well, if it doesn't fit within this, explanation this scientific explanation then it's like impossible yeah I we, guess, they or? basically say we think this but we can't prove it we can't show right. for certain yeah. and if you can't show for certain then you can't say for certain that it's true exactly which means you don't make a conclusion um, even though it may be right because you can't like expressly ex- just perfectly show it then you can't say it. Right, like gravity is like a theory, right? Yes, exactly. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great example of that. So it's all it's all kind of uh, a silly a silly thing, but if you take a step back, Alex, which I think is what we are good at doing, hmm. and we say, okay, okay, we get it. Why don't we just relax for a second and just make like a, a kind of generalized conclusion and say people had a lot to do with this. Also... There's a biological thing that had to do with this, with mm. the the specific insects and the diseases. So all these things together create a really uh, complex, diverse forest. Thank you. Yeah, that's pretty easy. Yeah, it is, and it, and it's okay. But everyone wants like that next level. So yeah. I think if you just say, "Hey, yeah, this had to do with it," and then understand how it works now. Now we can say, okay, great. I, I see that this parasite is a big deal, and I see that these people figured that out a long time ago, mm-hmm. and they were managing it. Great, let's just do that. And that is what's happening today with the Brazil nitrate. Interesting, is Casey. That, that is great. We took a step back. Yeah, we're taking a step back. And uh, Casey, we ha- I oh, I believe we have a correspondence coming in. Oh my God. Over the telegraph waves. Hi, can we, you're you're coming in now. You're coming in. (laughs) That's right. It's, it's, oh my God. It's, uh, I guess if I couldn't see them, I wouldn't be able to. (laughs) It's Rhett and Danielle from Wild Green Streams. And I believe they're going to talk to us about their Brazil nut project. Casey, let's tune in. Let's go out to the field. We now interrupt your regularly scheduled broadleaf uh, broadcast for a shameless plug. Let's get to the root of the matter. I'm Rhett Barker. And I'm Danielle Russell. And we help run the social media group Wild Green Memes and its conservation nonprofit Wild Green Future. We're kicking off another year of collaboration with our Peruvian partners at the Alliance for Sustainable Amazon, or ASA. ASA has teamed up with local Brazil nut harvesters to protect the Amazon rainforest. Here's a quick rundown. In a huge swath of rainforest known as the Brazil Nut Corridor, the Peruvian government protects large tracts of forest known as concessions. The families that collect Brazil nuts on these tracts are called concessionaires, and each has exclusive harvesting rights to their individual concessions. This area also serves as a bridge between several different national reserves and conservation areas, 
providing critical connections for wildlife in an area that is experiencing rapid deforestation. So why Brazil nuts? Brazil nut trees require intact rainforests for successful growth and productivity. Unlike many food plants, they cannot be farmed in a monocrop system. Rainforest areas that are designated Brazil nut concessions are protected from destructive economic practices. As long as the Brazil nut harvest remains financially sustainable, the government will continue to protect this region of intact rainforests. However, in many areas, older trees are aging out and not enough younger trees are growing to replace them. Our friends at the Alliance for a Sustainable Amazon are working in collaboration with the Brazil nut concessionaires to help grow and plant new Brazil nut trees in the forest, ensuring a future for both the Brazil nut harvest and the broader ecosystem. Every year, more families come forward to join the program, expanding its reach with each growing season. Since partnering with the ASA in 2020, Wild Green Future has supported both the Brazil Nut Program and their other wonderful research and conservation efforts in the area. From their base of operations in Finca Las Piedras, ASA is reforesting land previously cleared for farming, researching forms of agroforestry that combine Brazil nut production with other sustainable crops, providing environmental education for local children and visiting college students, and conducting biodiversity research on the butterflies and other arthropods of the region. Thanks to the support of the Wild Green community, we have helped with infrastructure improvements, including a vivero or tree nursery, and field station facilities, as well as funding for an expanded staff. Do you want to be a part of our nutty conservation quest? Wild Green Future's annual charity battle fundraiser is going on now. Everyone picks a gang based on their natural science or ecological grouping of choice, such as moss, opossums, rocks, velociraptors, whatever you can think of. These groups compete to raise the most money in the name of their gang. You can learn more about it on our website at wildgreenfuture.org and make sure to follow Wild Green Future on Facebook and Instagram to keep tabs on the fundraiser. Together, we can work to create a wild green future. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. That was our discussion of the Brazil nut, Brazil nut tree. The Brazil nut tree. Yeah, the we Brazil talked way more tree. about the, the, the tree than the nut, honestly. That's true. You know, if you want to experience the... You ha, uh, okay, let me, let me just say this. The Brazil nut is some, not something that you can just talk about. You have to experience it. Yeah. You do not know how gross these things are until you <laughs> pop one in your mouth. I didn't think that's what you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's that bad, eh? No, I'm being funny. All right, all right. I'm being exaggerating. I'm exaggerating for comedic effect. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll stop. Obviously. <laughs> sorry, apologize. <laughs> Casey, it's time to give a review and a rating to this tree. All right, I'm ready. Here's how it works. We're going to give a final thoughts on this tree and then give it a rating of 0 to 10 golden cones of honor. Casey, as a resident expert, we're going to mix it up and begin with you. Oh, all right. All right. This is new. I'm on stage. I don't mean to throw you off. Okay, 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 okay. So you know what? I dig this tree. Wow. It's huge. It's a big tree. It's a superlative tree. 164 feet if you you just perfectly convert meters to feet. Mm -hmm. Gigantic tree. I love the idea that it is a, it's a long lived tree, uh, but it's also, I think it's long lived for a tropical tree in that it's like three to 500 years kind of thing. Oh yeah. And then it starts to, you know, it falls over. 
Sure. Yeah, things happen. It just falls apart. It just, it just, it does. You know, you're dealing with a lot of stuff down there. The song says it, even to the trees. Welcome to the jungle. You're yeah, going to die. Exactly. It's, it's one of the greatest songs ever written it's by great, any person ever. <laughs> it's a great song. It's got layers. Yeah, it, it really <laughs> does. Uh, as a quick aside, do you know what I heard happened? Uh, why Axl Rose wrote that song? Why? Uh, he got off a bus and he had fallen asleep on that bus in Los Angeles mm. and woke up and was like, oh God. And the bus was like, end of line, bro, get off. He got off and he was like, where am I? To the, like the first person uh-huh. who he walked up. And it was just some dude who just walked up to him and was like, you're in the jungle, baby. You're going to die. Oh and my he was God. like, okay. <laughs> and, then, and then like hightailed it back to wherever That's he was fucking going. terrifying. <laughs> Isn't that great? So the, the Brazil nut tree, I dig that it's a superlative tree. It's yeah. gigantic. The nut itself, I think is fascinating. The whole story of the tree, I think is fascinating. Like I just think that it's one of those things that um, it's intersecting between like 10,000 different things. Mm. There is a really unique flower and a unique pollination system for this tree. Yeah. Pretty cool. Its fruit is a unique situation that is good for people, good for other things, and has a very particular uh, like scatter hoarding habit like the white bark pine. Pretty fascinating. It also grows way far away in such an interesting way that it's like, wow, that is like a unique thing that you can connect different dots and like say, well, maybe people had to do with it. Maybe it just has to do with this like biological strict kind of way that things grow. Like the whole, everything added together yeah. makes this for a cool, like unique tree that I would say, Alex, it should be planted more, but I don't think it should. Ah, yes. Because if you plant it more, they're just going to die. So That's plant right. it more, but also properly. Right tree for the right place, which is way the fuck over there. <laughs> so I think I'm going to give this tree a 9.2. All right. Golden Cones of Honor. Very good. I just dig the heck out of it. Awesome. And I love seeing a giant tree do cool stuff. It's got yeah. it all. It's just, it's got it all. And the flavor, I think, is okay. I think you can take a nut, you can eat it, and you can be like, yeah, cool, okay. Um, how, how many how many more are in there that I have to eat? <laughs> get a cashew next. Exactly. Yeah, get a cashew. <laughs> then you have too many cashews, and you're like, God, I just need some peanuts, man. Yeah. Casey, 9.2, Golden Cones of Honor. That's what I have to say, Alex. A fine score. What do you think? You know, uh, wow. You, you sarcastically don't like, but also I yeah. have a feeling that this sarcasm... Uh, betrays a true feeling. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I'll focus on the nut, the seed. <laughs> I didn't correct you. I didn't even make a face. I was, pr- I was getting ahead of you. <laughs> Just ready for me to be like, oh, Alice, not a nut. Mm. Um, I, I, you know, uh, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I'm not I'm not crazy about a Brazil nut. It's my least favorite in the actually, I don't even know if it's my least favorite in the mixed Ooh, nuts. Which one would be? Uh like a dry, bad almond. Like uh, I feel like in those mixed nuts, the okay. almonds are always kind of like meh. Well, hold on. Let's let's say that all the nuts are in their normal, like average average realm because well, I, I i don't think it's fair to say that you don't like a nut because it tastes bad like it's a bad version of that nut. i'm sorry the 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 nuts in mixed nuts mm-hmm. are worse nuts than if you buy a bag of one kind of nut oh, for I sure see. okay but I, right. I understand your point but that you know i'm being practical here that, that's fair um the tree itself wow huge that's cool i like uh <laughs> i like the height i like the um 
<laughs> like the growing practices, like the quirk with the big bees, you know, scooching yeah. in there to get some pollen. That's yeah. pretty cool. Flower is really weird. Um, tropical tree. Love. I love uh, tropical trees are very interesting to me. Um, you know, tropical trees. I don't want to, I don't want to be too like on the nose here, but tropical trees, like in a song of ice and fire, whenever they mention people from like across the narrow sea, uh-huh. throw it like, or like, you know, a shy, like yeah. the shadow lands. Uh-huh. So I feel about tropical trees. I'm like, Whoa, like I don't even know what to do with my brain when I look at you, you know, like oh. you're so interesting. Yeah. It's very different than what you're normally so, seeing. Right? Yes. Yeah. So different from my day to day tree, mm-hmm. uh, knowledge and, 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 and experience. Um, so yeah, the, Oh, the pods are great. Those, the, what'd you call them? Not pods. Uh, they're um, a capsule. They're a dry capsule. Yeah. yeah. What I'd like to do one day is grab one and throw it at something. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. One of those like carnival games where you knock down the clown heads. Oh, yeah. You know? that'd yeah, be, yeah, that'd yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be nice. I just want to, you know, like I want to know what it sounds like when it hits like a, a, a rock. You know what, Casey? Speaking of what it sounds like, I can't say this for sure, but my th- my I would put money on the fact uh. that this is a local like ins- musical instrument. Oh, that these yeah, dried yeah. pods, you shake them around, you got a little shaker. Yeah, but what would you would they not uh, uh, like eat the nuts inside? Well, I mean, yeah, a proper one would yeah. probably you wouldn't eat it and you would dry it. So I suppose that, you're right. You know, it's really husky and dry. Yeah. I wonder if um, they shake cause they're densely kind of packed in there. So I'd be curious if they like shrink it all. Yeah. Mm. Let's not look too far into it. Yeah. 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 But that's but like my, the, that's my working theory. I think that's a fair, it's a fair place to start. I'm going to give it some points for that, for my theory. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give this like an 8.75. 8.75. I think is where it Eight yeah. and three quarters. It's very strong. Um, but it doesn't quite get me to nine. It doesn't get up there. Not so much. I think that's fair. But it's a great tree. I love I love it. I'm loving it. Casey, that was our review. Wow. Of the Brazil nut <laughs> uh, tree. It's time for a game. <gasps> what? That's right. A brand new one. Oh, what's this one called? More like a modification of an old one, mm. but we don't have to say that. All right, sure. This one I'm calling the Kingswood. Oh God. Cue uh some Game of Thrones music. Because of copyright. Nice. <laughs> uh, here's how it works, Casey. You and I are both usurping kings. We come into power, we sit on the throne, and we realize, hey, we need a council. We need a king's council. Okay. But these kingdoms are populated entirely by trees. Oh, it's my kind of kingdom. If you're thinking this is convoluted. Shut up. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, we have to populate our king's council or our king's wood uh-huh. with the trees that we find in this place. I see. Casey, we can have different sort of approaches to this. Okay. But here's what I imagine, that you have four counselors. Yes. You come to them with different questions. You get different opinions from each of them. They each have kind of a different take on issues. Yeah, okay. And... Uh, you want a well-rounded council, ideally, mm. you know. So, Casey, here we are in our council chambers. Who are we going to elect to our Kingswood council? We're going to do this uh, in a draft style okay, back and forth. I was forth. just going to ask. Okay. We'll begin with you. Wow. Well, that put me at the disadvantage then. I mm. see. I will start with a blunt instrument because I want to, I want you to get a little fear. Wow. I am going to choose the giant sequoia. Oh, 
a tree that's going to just wreck you yeah. if you come close to it. It's it's big. It's tough. It's going to outgrow you. It's going to mm-hmm. outpace you. And, uh, you know, it's gosh dang pretty. Okay. As What is the, what is the Sequoia's title? What, uh, what title are you giving it? I'm going to give it the title Master of Bowl, B-O-L-E. Okay. Yeah, because it's big. It has, got, it has a big bowl. The Master of Bowl. Okay, well, here's what I'm going to do. People are going to hate me for this. Oh, no. I am going to get the Tree of Heaven. What? One of the most voraciously <laughs> invasive <gasps> trees I can think of. I am stunned. Now, the Tree of Heaven will act as my master of sabotage. Okay. Think of it like this. I, I say, go to Casey's kingdom and just wreak havoc, okay? So it's going to go into your kingdom and it's going to it's going to put in seeds all over the place and you're going to be you're going to be pulling your hair out finding all of these little saplings you didn't know you had and it's going to mess up your plans it's going to distract you it's a master of sabotage. Okay. All right. Fine. Tree I of see. Heaven. Wow, that's a that's a play. That's a play. Your master of sabotage. Okay. Well, uh, as the snake goes. Yes, okay. What's next? Well, I need somebody who's good with money. And who is going to build me a strong economy because uh, wars are won not with soldiers, but with coin, as they say. So (laughs) I hope people like this. So (laughs) I've got to choose a tree that is uh, economical, Uh intelligent, okay, and uh, knows how to place its bets, so to speak. Hmm. So I think I'm going to go with bristlecone pine. The bristlecone pine. Yes. Now, why? How? Why? The bristlecone pine placed a bet okay. at some point in our ecological timeline. Uh-huh. Said, I'll bet if I live up here that I will outlive everybody. Okay. And here we are thousands of years later. Yeah. And the bristlecone pine is like... Yeah, still here. So it's not huh. so much it's good with money. Yeah. But it is it is smart and it and it knows mm. when to really go for it and when to take a step back. I see. Is I get that vibe from the bristle cone. Economical. Not yes. necessarily money, just generally speaking. I feel like I should also come up with a good master of coin. Wow. An economically uh smart tree that knows exactly what to do and when to do it. Oh my gosh. But I would like one that is not only economical and can live for a long time, doesn't need to live forever. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. It just needs to be very good with what it's done. So I want to choose the pedunculate oak. Wow. Now, I'm choosing the pedunculate oak because not only is it economical Mm -hmm. in terms of its own ability to grow and survive and stay for a long time and put things and resources in the right place, I think that's good decision making and I want it on my council, but it is also generous to the people. Wow. It gives out food and you can can, uh, go and live on its leaf and it's going to be like, hey, that's fine. You live on this leaf. That's Mm -hmm. okay. Hey, here's an acorn. Now, I'm going to give you an acorn. You know what? Everybody gets acorns. <laughs> and then the next year, Oak's like, mm, sorry, 
Don't get an acorn. Sure. You guys don't get an acorn this year because I gave you all my acorns next year or last year. What do you uh, What do you want from me? And then the next year when it gives out acorns, everybody's so grateful. Exactly. Forgetting that it didn't get acorns last year. Precisely. Yeah. So not Smart. only is it economical, but it knows how to play the game. Yeah, man. So I'm going to choose the pedunculate oak. Great, great choice. Yeah. Thank you. Why don't you, uh, you, you pick your next one here okay. and then okay. I'll pick my last one and that'll be the end of our council. Three? We only get three? We're, get, we're getting three, Casey. I see. Okay. All right. So my next one... Uh, uh, so I got right now. I got a I got a, a big bully tree that's going to take you over. Yep. I got a tree that is smart and economical, mm-hmm. but I don't have a saboteur, a tree that I think can uh, can take over and find you slowly but surely. So my last one, of course, is is going to be fairly obvious. It's going to be a strangler fig. Oh, great. Strangler fig is gonna just—he's gonna be dropped by a bird. You're never mm-hmm. gonna know it was there. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be hanging out, and all of a sudden, your castles, yeah. your uh, your other tree uh, soldiers uh-huh. are gonna be sitting there growing and having a good time. And all of a sudden, realize, oh, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, it's on me. <laughs> and then slowly but surely, you're gonna be strangled to death. You wake up one day, and your castle is like a Tibetan ruin. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I just took it over. Yeah, pretty so good. I'm going to usurp you while I usurp this section of the kingdom that you and I are both usurping because, mm-hmm. you know, it's you, I, I can't live with just what I got. And when you play the Game of Thrones... Uh, you get strangled by a fig tree. <laughs> there you go. That's right. my... That's, that's a, a, yeah. That's a fine Kingswood, Casey. Yeah, I feel like it's very... Uh, mine's aggressive. I got an aggressive Kingswood. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. there you go. It's my time for my last pick here. Mm-hmm. I need someone to keep the peace, to keep the king's peace. Oh, wow. Okay. Someone to keep the people happy. Okay. Someone to feed the people. Oh, no. Because I believe that you know, a war cannot be won if there is a war being waged within your own kingdom, right? Jeez. So, my final pick for my Kingswood Council Uh is Mango! Jeez. Honestly, too flashy, Alex. I'm so, I, I'm not surprised, obviously. Well, the people love Mango. They do. Everyone loves Mango. I see a Marjorie Tyrell type. I see. Just, who goes into the, like, the orphanages and stuff, mm, you know? Yeah, yeah. and Kisses like, all the babies. Yes, and everybody's like, oh my God, we love her. She's so great. She is, she's my Mango queen. Huh, okay. <laughs> this is very fair. This is very fair. And uh, that yeah. is my Kingswood Council. That is your Kingswood Council. And may the best king win. Casey, it is time for our completely arbitrary AMA. All right. The Ask Me Anything function on our Tremium service known as Tremium. That's right. Casey, today we have a great question from M. Hi, M. Hi, M. M says, what would be on the syllabus if you guys taught an intro course on trees? Whoa. What books and articles do you recommend for someone who wanted to take completely arbitrary 101 wow now who how is oh my god okay are we are we working with terms or semesters here we're working on terms here case okay so we've got 101 102 and 103 okay so we have a full year that we're dealing actually with. no you know what let's <laughs> just focus on 101 <laughs> so i think what's important here because yeah. we're, te- we're teaching the class together we ideally. are yeah i think that's true um is that we make it very informative, yeah, but approachable. Uh huh. So this is like the course that people, the the students are like surprised they love so much. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. With with two different uh, with, with two different instructors, Alex Cross and Casey Clapp. That's right. I like the idea of this class being like 
oh, I got to take something. Uh, completely arbitrary 101. Perfect. But by the end of the term, they're like, that was the best class I've ever had. I am right? now going to become a tree person. Yes. Yes. So approachable, uh, has good information, yep. but also uh, will surprise you with, with the fun of yeah. it all. Yeah. All right. Here's what I think. You can. Uh, this is how I think we should start. I think we should start with here is a tree and here's how to identify it. Great. And at least every, uh, uh, let's say, uh, just because, you know, I'm just uh, making this things up. We meet twice a week for two hours. Okay. Mondays and Wednesdays. Oh, Mondays and Wednesdays. Yes. Okay. I like Mondays or maybe Tuesdays, Thursdays, either one. Can we start at 10 though? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. no, no, yeah, yeah. Because everyone needs to be able to get up uh, on whatever they were doing before and shake off their hangover yeah. and get there on time. Yes. No way are we going to get there before 10 o'clock no. us the instructors not because we're Maybe hungover I will. we just like to do other things well I'm not gonna be Casey <laughs> Casey missed my <laughs> you saying I'm gonna get drunk every day and no no, no. I'll be okay. there at 10 Casey will be there at 10 20 oh I see wow thank you I understand I, I do all see it. fine Alex starts the course I close it thanks Alex okay I think we should start on the first day, uh-huh. Mondays, and or it, I guess it doesn't matter. One day, we are in the field looking at trees. Great. We're doing identification. We're talking about things. Here's yes. how it grows. Here's what it branches. Here's how everything's functioning. That's our lab. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Then the next day, our second day, we're in the classroom and we're looking at pictures. We're looking at presentations and we're saying, here's some science. Like, here's how this works. Great. Here's all these things. Maybe, maybe we use the things that we maybe collected from our field day. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, study. Yeah. So like on Monday, hey, we're going to talk about this and flowers. Here's what a flower looks like. And then on Wednesday, we go out and we look at the flowers. Sure. You know, we actually see what we're talking about. Yeah. Excellent. Love it. So I, that's how I would start. At least that's how I would frame everything. Mm -hmm. So each day or each week, we are learning how to identify a tree. Because I think that's the most important thing. When you go out and actually look at a tree, you identify it. That is the first best step. Totally. Then I would go throughout the entire year talking about here is what a tree is. Here's a little bit. Here's the science of how they grow. Here's wood. Here's cambium, blah, mm. blah, blah, all that cool stuff. Then halfway through, I would say, now, how does that affect you? Mm. How do all these things interact with you personally? Interesting. Then at the end, I would put it up to a larger, uh, larger thing like, okay, now, how does it affect everyone how do forests function and how do we see that in culture and the ecosystems at large so you're kind of starting zoomed in yeah and then you zoom out a little bit yeah and then you zoom out when the way out yeah i think that's a great structure yeah. and then uh, let's say we have 15 let's 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 do a semester okay let's do we have 15 weeks who fucking cares alex it's important this whether is, it's a semester a or a term or we, a trimester we were asked to do a syllabus which means we have to plan things out <sighs> week by week well, we we're not to, doing that, we, certainly. No, but we should at least have some idea. <laughs> this is you meeting, you and me meeting over lunch to, to first a rough, big, big, uh, broad strokes. Well, are we splitting things up by three weeks, three weeks, three weeks final, or are <sighs> we doing f- five weeks, five weeks, five weeks final? This is never going to work. Well, if we split it up in thirds and we have fives, Alex, that makes it way easier. Okay. Anyway, so I think we should do once a week okay. some Croson's homework or... Chrome work. Uh. <laughs> and you have to watch one watch one either movie uh-huh. or like a couple episodes of a show that you've never seen. Okay. 
that you think might have some trees or nature in it. Oh, it's okay, okay. See and, how it like maybe interacts. Yeah, and and kind of uh think about how that media portrays nature. Mm-hmm. Um Love what that, that media says about nature, you know, and I'll have a list. Yeah. Uh, it's so, not just yeah. anything. That way people can say, yeah, okay, well, how do you, how do you see uh, that people are interacting with the, the natural landscape in yeah. like, this artistic cultural realm? Yes. And I would say every other week I would be saying, now go out and see how people are interacting with trees in real life. So go to this park and tell me what people are doing. Ah, there you go. How are, how is that, uh, uh, how is that an interaction between people and the forest? Yeah, we can swap no, weeks, maybe. Whatever. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Between clap work and chrome, chrome work. Exactly, clap work and chrome work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crow work. And then we have, obviously, we need pop quizzes. Yes, exactly, where we just give everyone a soda pop. Wow. The <laughs> pop quizzes, we give people a soda. We all just kick back and hang. We just talk. But you gotta be there. You gotta be there, because if you're not, then you don't get credit. Nope. I think that sounds... Wonderful. The final at the end, yes. uh, you have to identify trees. You're going to be tested, so you yep. got to actually learn how to identify trees. Mm-hmm. You have to learn the science about it. But at the end of it, I think that it should be a take-home written test about how trees, you pick the subject, uh, we can give you some guidelines, and you need to say, here is how a tree or a tree-related thing mm-hmm impacts or affects something that appears unrelated but in fact is a related topic wow i think that's great okay let's write this down thank you M, for your question hey if you've got a question for us a fun one join up on completely arbitrary tremium mm-hmm. it's at arbitrarypod.supercast.com you get bonus audio episodes. You get bonus video episodes. You get monthly cone stickers by independent artists. And you get the knowledge that you are helping support a podcast that you love so much. That's right. Hosted by Casey Clapp and Alex Croson. Casey Clapp. Alex Croson. Wow. You know what? I've got a, I've got a hankering for a handful of mixed nuts really uh-huh. i'm not surprised that's all we <laughs> talked about this entire day yeah anytime we talk anytime we t- have an episode where we talk about a food yeah I, inevitably i end up wanting that food exactly it's, yeah it's uh it's a tragedy i think of it as a comedy but mm. i guess that's a matter of perspective i guess it is <laughs> all right thank you so much for listening to this episode of completely arbitrary hey we'll see you next time goodbye see you later Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clark. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. If you want to support this podcast and become a Tremium member, head over to arbitrarypod.supercast.com. Thanks for listening.